In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the High Ground News on the Ground Podcast, powered by the Daily Memphian and the OAM Network. We are community-based journalists working with residents in Memphis neighborhoods to uncover what is moving the city forward. I'm Cole Bradley, Managing Editor of High Ground. We are currently in Hickory Hill, just kicked off our coverage in that neighborhood. We'll be embedded there pretty much until the end of the year. Uh, today, we have two guests with us. I'd like to introduce uh, John Paul Schaefer from Build Memphis. Hey, John Paul. Thanks for being here. Hey, Cole. Thanks for having me. And then also with us today is Greg Love with The Works uh, CDC down in South Memphis. Uh, Greg is Director of Single Family Housing Development with The Works. Hey, Greg. Hello. Nice to have you both on. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking uh, about a couple of things uh, that touch a lot of different Memphis neighborhoods, including South Memphis, where the works is located. Um, Building Memphis has produced a survey recently, a candidate survey that went out to all of the mayoral and city council candidates. Is that correct, John Paul? That is correct. Yes. Uh, and 64. This, great. And so the survey uh, centers around housing, uh, affordable housing, and then also uh, accessible and reliable public transportation as well. Yes. And, and safe transportation. Yes. yes. Including pedestrian yes. transportation. So today we want to talk about not just the survey uh, and why it's important, but also kind of how building Memphis and its member organizations like the works where, where Greg works, uh, are supporting Memphis neighborhoods and also kind of shifting more towards policy stuff. I think as you explained it to me, uh, John Paul, because the more you and your member orgs get into your, your sort of works in the communities, the more you're realizing that you're coming up against a lot of the same issues. And so you're looking towards more policy work. Yeah. I mean, so we're, we're in our 20th year and part of our being founded was around, you know, having a a common space for community development corporations to come together and, and talk about the issues they all face. And so it's not just how do we build the capacity of any one organization, but it's also how do we grow the pot of resources uh, that are available to them. And so out of that, we naturally have a table made up of our members who are working in neighborhoods across the city who are able to source policy related issues, whether it's transportation or food access or community health, financial literacy, housing, um, all of those kinds of things. And so those all feed into um, our policy committee and the work groups that kind of move that that forward. So before we launch into the the kind of survey conversation and the, the candidate conversation, I want to kind of give an example for folks of what it looks like on the ground when you talk about member organizations. So Building Memphis is, has something in the 20s, correct? 20 we've got so 28 CDCs. CDC members currently, and then we've got another dozen or so um, agencies, organizations uh, that are members as well. So then the Works CD or the Works Inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, down in South Memphis, <laughs> I said CDC earlier, didn't I? Well, we are CDC. <laughs> But the Works Inc. Uh, is a member organization, but then also, Greg, you're on the board of Building Memphis too, correct? That's right. So can you kind of explain, uh, as a member organization, what what does that mean? What is What are you all doing in South Memphis? And then what's mm-hmm. the relationship with Building Memphis? Well, uh, we are the Works, so uh, we do a lot of 
uh, work in uh, South Memphis, and uh, we've also uh, engaged North Memphis as well um, in community building. Uh, for my work, a lot of what I do is revolved around or revolves around uh, affordable housing. Uh, we have a couple of programs, and I'll just mention a couple of them. Um, one is our uh, homeowner uh, assistance program where we work in North Memphis and South Memphis, and we work with homeowners with making improvements to their homes. Um, the criteria is uh, very minimal uh, in my estimation, uh, so it's not this uh, huge uh, threshold to pass to, to get the services, but the intention of it is to just keep people in these communities and keep them in their homes. A lot of the people that we work with are uh, older families, older people. And uh, a lot of times they have uh, a lot of deferred maintenance on their properties because a lot of them live on limited incomes. Um, uh, so that's one program. And then we also have a, a home loan uh, fund. Uh, we're able to um, offer uh, mortgages uh, to people within inner city zip codes um, to help them purchase homes. And usually that purchase amount is right around 50000 something that banks really aren't so interested in doing. But it's something that's very ne necessary uh, for these urban communities. Um, so those are two of the basic housing programs that we work that we work on or uh, that we have at the works. Uh, and then we also have uh, we own and operate a grocery store uh, in South Memphis to address um, uh, food needs for uh, for, for North Me for South Memphis. Uh, South Memphis is a certified food desert. Um, there's also a farmer's market, a uh, weekly farmer's market attached to that grocer too, correct? That's right. Uh, once a week on Thursday, there's a farmer's market. And the whole intent behind that is just to bring fresh fruits and vegetables to the community. Y'all do um, some transit work as well, too. Yeah, we do have uh, some infrastructure improvements that we've uh, made along um, Mississippi. Well, we have one project that we're working on with the city uh, to make some improvements to the intersections of Mississippi and South Parkway. Uh, we have a couple of um, pilot uh, projects where we tested some traffic calming devices throughout South Memphis. So we're working on that as well. You've also been really big uh, supporters of biking in South Memphis, bike share, bike mm -hmm. group, bike rides, encouraging biking, that sort of thing, correct? That's right. Um, and that's really, a, I guess, a twofold um, initiative. One is to... Um, I guess, to get people more aware of alternate means of transportation. Again, a lot of the communities that um, we serve are people that have limited incomes uh, and can't afford cars. Uh, so to get people aware um, uh, of this alternate transportation of bicycling is, uh, is something that we like to uh, kind of remind people of. And then secondly, just for the nutritional uh, aspect and health, health-wise, um, our neighborhoods, have a lot of um, lifestyle diseases, high blood pressure, hypertension. So uh, moving around more, particularly with bicycling, uh, will help to address those issues as well. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Greg, because I think that's such a great example of how, you know, laddering this back up to Building Memphis. So Building Memphis, you have 28 CDCs all over the city that 
are much like the works. You guys have your hands across many different things because as you've developed over the years, you've noticed these different needs within the community and work to try to fill them as best you can. Mm -hmm. And so now as a result, you're working across all of these different topics and and impacts in in your community. So we've got, you've talked about health, transportation, housing, Mm -hmm. uh, affordability, homeownership, all of these different things. So then to me, that brings us right back, really good segue into the actual survey and why you all wanted to do a candidate survey that responds to some of these issues that all of these CDCs are experiencing. Um, so can we, could either one of you field uh, sort of why? What was the impetus? What was the why? So we, you know, we've done... A couple of similar things in the past made, you know, plan to host a candidate forum or field, field some questions out. We've never really done it in a kind of methodical or recurring way. Um, and as we grow into more areas of policy, not just, you know, pushing on affordable housing or, or um, financing for developments and things like that and start mm-hmm. to look at some of these other issues. I mean, it's a couple of things. It, one is, is, you know, getting the idea out there that CDCs are not just doing one thing. Um, they are touching kind of all of these aspects of neighborhood life um, and wanting to kind of put this statement out that, you know, we want to uh, hear from our elected officials um, about how they would feel, you know, candidates for public office. I will say, you know, we, we do a lot of talking with government agencies on the daily. Um, that's how a lot of our policy work is able to move forward. Um, and we just haven't had as big a presence, honestly, in getting out ahead of when folks are, are making it into office and asking them, you know, for the for the benefit of our network and the, the general public, like, where do you stand on things? I mean, in this case, so we're, we're asking about very timely things, I think. Uh, one is the city just opened this week its affordable housing trust fund, which is something our organization has advocated for for over a decade um, and it's moving out uh, now and it's real and it's on the ground, but we're saying we need more resources there. Um, this scale of the housing issue in our city is so huge um, that we need to find every every penny we can uh, to put towards that. I mean, it has implications on health and educational outcomes and, and all of Crime, these, everything, everything else. Um, and then the other is, you know, we've completed this plan for the city and part of that plan is a really bold transit vision that is trying to provide frequent service, um, really citywide. I mean, it would be transformational for our transit system, uh, but it's got a price tag and, you know, we want to get a sense of what's the appetite of candidates. And this is not something we're going to quit asking on October 3rd. I think this is something that we'll, we'll continue to push on. Um, what's the support for that? And then the final thing we're asking is related to pedestrian safety. And, you know, Memphis consistently, uh, there's a group that puts out a report every other year called Dangerous by Design. And we are close to, if not in the top 10 most dangerous metro areas in the country every single time. Uh, we're number 11 on the list now. We lead Tennessee. Um, we routinely see between a quarter and a third of traffic deaths on Memphis streets are pedestrians who are being hit by cars. A lot of factors that go into that we shouldn't get into today. Um, Mm -hmm. but we also feel that people walking, uh, in our neighborhoods and our streets are public spaces and we have laws designed to protect people. Um, and we want to make sure that that is a priority as well. 
Um, we've had a couple of really high profile incidents recently where in one case, the person was in a crosswalk and the driver didn't immediately receive a ticket. We just saw that a crossing guard was, uh, not was hit outside of a school. Um, that's a real important issue from, from some of the neighborhood perspectives that we're hearing. So I want to ask you, Greg, actually speaking of neighborhood perspective, you know, you mentioned biking in South or, well, I kind of brought it up, but we talked about <laughs> biking in South Memphis. You know, there's a lot of folks you mentioned don't have vehicles. So that means a lot of pedestrian traffic in South Memphis. I mean, I drive down there frequently and you will always see people on the sidewalks walking about, um, you know, meeting each other on the streets, gathering, saying hello, that sort of thing. So I want to ask you towards this, this vision of a fully funded transit plan, right? And public safety initiatives. What what might that look like in South Memphis when you think about what is, you know, what's what's the Memphis 3.0 fully funded transit vision sort of look like in your in the neighborhood? Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a huge question. Um, I mean, to me, uh, and this kind of goes back to the value that uh, as a member organization, um, Building Memphis brings to us is it gives us a platform and an opportunity to share among practitioners um, wins, things that didn't go so good. Um, in my mind, I think that we need to have uh, infrastructure that supports safety, of course. Um, I think that we need to have somewhat of a, of a cultural shift. Um, you know, I've seen over the last 10 years uh, this city changed in regards to uh, what we have available for bicycling uh, with our new bike lanes. And uh, my old buddy, uh, Kyle Wagon Shoots, kind of helped us and pushed us along there, uh, of course, with the, um, with the guidance of the administration at that time. Uh, but I think that, you know, we're going in that direction. Uh, more people are, are, are biking. Um, some uh, see it as, as I said, an, an, uh, an option for transportation, and some just want to, you know, ride around to get a good workout. Uh, so I see, for me, the vision, and, and again, I'm, I'm giving the perspective of someone that works in the community. Um, uh, I live in the core of the city. And I know uh, how some of these intersections and some, and how the, the public realm uh, is in the core city, and it's dangerous. Um, and I think the primary, uh, one of the primary things that would help uh, change that is just uh, our culture and the way we see bicycling. Uh, Ten years ago, as I, as I said, you know, we've changed a lot. Ten years ago, you would have people yell out of the window, get out of the way, you know, if you were on a bike. <laughs> you know, now it's it's I think it's a little better accepted. Yeah. Um, and the infrastructure really helps with that. You know, having protected bike lanes in specific places that say that it's clear we're sharing this space makes a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as we kind of continue on this road, uh, it's going to get even better. What about the uh, the public transit part of 3.0? Like, what would it mean for South Memphis to have high frequency, adequate, mm-hmm. and reliable public transit? Well, that's super important, um, particularly from an employment uh, perspective. Um, there are uh, employment opportunities around, but sometimes people can't get to them. Uh, so having something like that would be a major win, uh, particularly for the core city. So I want to go back, John Paul, to I think you started to kind of touch on, um, you know, the importance of getting ahead 
of the elections. So before someone is in office, finding out sort of what their positions are. And that's obviously the the object or the the goal of the survey. So getting ahead of that and finding out what the positions are. uh, What's the importance of that? I'm specifically curious about accountability. While you're thinking, can I add something to that? Um, In my mind, I think it's a matter of kind of putting it on their radar. Uh, I'm sure that all of the uh, candidates uh, know about what's happening in our huge um, need for affordable housing. But again, uh, the works and myself as a practitioner and working in the neighborhood, you really don't know until you really know, um, especially when you talk about decent affordable housing. There are a lot of people that live in substandard living conditions. And uh, in my mind, uh, this survey helps to kind of put this point uh, on the radar of our candidates in such a way that they understand how important it is. Um, A good place to live is foundational uh, for anyone. Uh, So I think putting this out front and saying, hey, this this is the community saying this is an issue and let us tell you to what degree. I think it's a big part of um, the benefit from the survey. I appreciate you saying the community because I think it's important to note that even though we're talking about a survey that's sort of representing these community organizations, those community organizations like the works represent the residents in these neighborhoods and represent voters, individual voters. And so the information in the survey gets back to not just the member organizations, but hopefully also gets back to the people they work with and out into the communities so that everyone is aware of what, um, and not just the, I love what you said about the making politicians more aware, potential politicians more aware, because I think you're right. You know, until you're in it every day, it's nuanced, it's hard, it's complicated. And it's not just local, uh, on the local level. I mean, even up to the federal level, there are people who are trying to change uh, policy uh, all the way up the ladder and how much funding goes toward affordable housing. Uh, right now, uh, there's about $200 billion that gets allocated to uh, producing affordable housing. The lion's share of that, which goes to uh, low-income housing tax credits, most of that uh, goes to homeowners you know, and interest rate tax deduction. So there needs to be some policy changes uh, all the way up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about that question of why ahead of time. And of course, there's the whole, well, you know, somebody gets into office and you can go back and point to the piece of paper and said, well, actually, on your survey, you said no. Um, and there's that finger pointing element. I mean, there's some of that to, to public policy advocacy in the nonprofit space. Um, we see a lot of organizations in our network do similar things. There's a group in St. Louis uh, called the Community Builders Network who put on a mayoral candidate forum, did a fantastic job. Um, you know, we're seeing this as kind of a first step and something we're going to continue to do. But that's thinking at it, I think, from a yes-no perspective. Um, and while we certainly have had a few folks just say yes to do you support X and Y, Um, we've also had some respond in a much more nuanced way and that both are important because with the nuanced responses, you're also getting a sense of, you know, how folks think about it and it may be a new issue to them. It may not be something that's on their radar. Like Greg mentioned, this is raising the issue, um, from an industry perspective for us. Uh, the community development sector is not always first and foremost in a, a lot of these spaces, in Memphis, uh, there may be individual organizations, but the sector as a whole. 
Um, but then it is, it's, it's also important to be able to come back to someone and say, you know, we, we saw these trends in responses or your response, you mentioned this, and it can be a further conversation starter for us going forward. I love that idea that, you know, it's a, you know, a survey, it's not a debate. Um, it's not a gotcha. It's a survey. It's a starting point. Um, it's a way to come back later and say when, you know, every, every office will be filled with someone. And so it's a way to come back and say, this is our starting point. How do we work together from there? I think that's such a great perspective to take on this. Yeah. Uh, so can I add just one note, please? I think on that same, that same end, you know, we're a 501 C three nonprofit and there are very strict rules about what we, what we can and cannot do in political spaces. Um, one thing we can't do is endorse candidates or give money to campaigns and things like that. But what we can do is raise awareness, educate elected officials, appointed officials, the public on issues that are important to our constituency. And that that's really what we're trying to get out here. What about for the works? Uh, kind of in that same vein. I mean, you all don't endorse candidates. You don't do policy or political stuff, correct? Mm, our, executive, our executive director and CEO would probably be better answering that question, but I'll say Correct. <laughs> For lack of a better term, as, as, as John Paul said, there are, um, you know, requirements and guidelines that uh, we as a 501c3 have to operate within. So a lot of people think that High Ground is a nonprofit and we are not a nonprofit, but we do operate much like a nonprofit. Uh, so we have, you know, grant funders and underwriters just like nonprofits do. Um, and so we're in the same position sometimes too, but more importantly, um, we kind of come at it from a perspective of politics in the city are very divisive, but policy is a conversation we should be having. Hmm. So high ground is very much policy and not politics. And that's why we took such an interest in this survey because it is nonpartisan. It is unbiased. It simply asks, you know, what are your thoughts on these critical issues to neighborhoods that, that you all work in and that we work in too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any last thoughts on the survey? And I'm going to ask uh, how people can find it, how people can encourage candidates in a second, but any last thoughts on sort of why it's important or what you hope to get out of the survey? Well, I'll say one thing, you know, we consider any responses a success for us. Uh, again, this is kind of a putting a foot in the sand, kind of saying this is a space we're going to grow from um, over the next however many years. You know, we've, we've, we've put 20 years behind us. We've got more work to do. Um, and just, you know, on the other side of things, go vote. Yes. I, I hope everyone who's listening to this is registered. Please go vote. Um, it's very important. You know, we're trying to put one more resource, resource out there to help folks decide who they want to support. Um, and we hope that does help. How about you, Greg, any thoughts on what you all hope to get out of this? Um, for me, I would like, uh, for the candidates to just, uh, really embrace the issue. Um, I think, uh, as we, as a city continue to grow, as the mayor says in our momentum, um, the core city is really, uh, in my thoughts, experiencing a renaissance. We have more people that want to live in the core of the city than there has been in a long time. Uh, there's a lot of development all throughout uh, the city, particularly within the parkways. 
And I think that that doesn't work well if we don't have strong neighborhoods and, uh, and affordable housing. Um, I'm hoping that these questions will uh, bring that thought to the forefront and make the conversation of uh, providing uh, decent affordable housing in many forms. Uh, and that's single family development, uh, multifamily development, uh, rental opportunity as well as well as home ownership opportunities. Uh, there needs to be a healthy mix of, of all of it. And I just hope that these questions will uh, bring that thought to the candidates and, and hopefully they'll uh, champion some of it. Absolutely. So how can people, what's the best way for folks to find out uh, what candidates they are eligible to vote for and to encourage them to take this survey? Yeah, there are a couple of different um, resources there. I mean, for anything related to the questionnaire itself, to the survey, um, if you go to bldgmemphis.org, buildingmemphis.org, um, you will find on our homepage a pretty prominent link. It's, it's the what's happening now, like section, you know, it's the first thing you'll see. It'll click you through to the survey page. Um, and it will have all the responses that we've received as yet. Uh, it also has the email address. We're asking candidates if they did not, we, we emailed where we had them. We Facebooked where we had them. We put a letter in the mail to the address listed for each of the 64 candidates. Um, they can email that address to get a link to the survey. Um, and then in terms of finding more information, I mean, there are a couple of things, the Shelby County election commission, um, you can go in there and find out where to vote. I mean, anyone can vote at any early voting location. Um, you can find out what districts you're in. And then if you want more information on what's out there about the candidates, the Memphis public library has a really great, um, resource on their homepage, uh, that has voter information for this. And I, I'm so proud of our library system for having put that out there too. So, Always a huge, huge fan and supporter of our library system. They do so much for our city that people don't recognize. That's their informed voter section on their, on their thing, correct? Yes. Great resource to find out what candidates you can vote for in this election. Um, any other thoughts on how folks can access the survey, encourage their candidates to take it? You mentioned that they, they, you can see current results. Anyone who has already submitted results, those answers are available on Building Memphis's, Building Memphis's website. website. Absolutely. And so you can see how the candidates that you are eligible to vote for have responded and if yeah. they haven't responded. Yeah. And if they haven't. Encourage them. Shoot them a note. If you see them in public, ask them if they would. Mm -hmm. um, we don't expect 100% response rate, but we'll keep our fingers crossed. It's great. Uh, and again, once again, please vote. Just vote. If you are eligible to vote, exercise your civic right and duty and participate, uh, because especially in local elections, your vote really does matter. It does. Early voting is now through the 28th of September, and then election day and final voting is October 3rd, which is a Thursday. All right. Thank you very much to Greg Love and to John Paul Schaefer, guys. Thank Thanks you. for having us. You can follow our ongoing neighborhood coverage at highgroundnews.com. If you like this podcast, please share it. Tag High Ground News. Let us know how we're doing, um, what you want to see in the next episode. You can follow this podcast and others like it from Daily Memphian on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, thank you to our podcast guru, Natalie Van Gundy. Thanks, 
in-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.